And you're on right now with Jim Dawes on the Mojo 5 Radio Network. Coming to you from Florida's beautiful Treasure Coast and bringing you the news behind the news, the story behind the story. Hoping to convince you that reality is usually scoffed at and illusion is usually king. We're streaming live on iHeartRadio and available as a podcast on iTunes, TuneIn, Spreaker, and Spotify. And you can follow me on Twitter at RightNowJimDawes. Or you can shoot me an email. The address is RightNowJimDawes at gmail.com. Or call the vent line and leave your rants at 772-245-0750. We just might use your call on the broadcast. That's 772-245-0750. You know, the Democrats just can't help themselves. They cannot be helpful. So after dragging this country through three years of the Russiagate hoax, then transitioning to the impeachment frenzy based on a, a phone call that the president had with the president of the Ukraine, now they're uh, doubling down on their destructive behaviors by holding up the phase three of this coronavirus relief bill. Now, this is uh, uh, probably the most despicable act, political act I have seen in my lifetime. I can't I can't even look back in history and see anything that compares to the Senate Democrats filibustering this bill in order to give Nancy Pelosi an opportunity to load it up with all of the Democrats, social justice warrior pet projects and spending. And if you look at this 1,400-page bill that Nancy Pelosi has generated in the House, it just blows your mind. It's full of uh, diversity rackets, racial set-asides, Green New Deal, claptrap, it tries to rig the next elections by uh, bas- basically nationalizing the uh, voter fraud that the Democrats were able to pull off in Orange County, California during the 2018 presidential election. It even brings back Obama phones, for Christ's sakes. So, you know, everything was going swimmingly. Nancy Pelosi was out in San Francisco which is an epicenter of the coronavirus because of the poor public health condition of that woe-be-gone city. And Chuck Schumer was on the Sunday show saying that he was working with Mitch McConnell and they were working a bipartisan way to move forward this, uh, this phase three of the coronavirus relief that was designed to do two things. One, to give direct aid to families so that they can make it to this crisis and two to save their employers so they would have a job to return to once this crisis passes. Then Nancy Pelosi comes back into town and everything stops while she seizes the opportunity, the whole don't let a good crisis go to waste mentality and tries to, uh, to take over the bill and turn it into a Democrat pet project pork barrel extravaganza. So here was Schumer on the Sunday shows right before Nancy Pelosi returned to town. By Monday? Well, I hope it is. We're having good bipartisan agreements. Actually, to my delight and surprise, there has been a great deal of bipartisan cooperation thus far. 
Yeah, even the president was speaking uh, very uh, positively about you. And, uh, yeah, that, that doesn't Speaker, happen very often. Even Speaker Pelosi <laughs> as well. Yeah. Uh, and you're speaking positively about them as well. So even Chuck Schumer, as partisan and opportunistic and cynical as he is, was saying, yes, we are working together to address this crisis and we're reaching bipartisan consensus. Then Nancy Pelosi returns to town, and I'll just let Mitch McConnell describe to you what happened. Now, the buildup to this, so everybody fully understands, is that we had a high level of bipartisanship in five different working groups over the last 48 hours. Our members who were participating were reaching agreement. And then all of a sudden, the Democratic leader and the Speaker of the House shows up, and we're back to square one. And we're back to square one. They could have passed this bill on Monday. But now uh, there's no end in sight because the Democrats are insisting they're holding the American economy hostage to all of their pet projects that don't enjoy popular support, but are very popular among their identity politics groups and their uh, their environmental lobbyists and, and open borders lobbyists. They think this is their chance. They've got the American people by the nuts. And they're going to squeeze until the Republican representatives capitulate to their demands. So on Monday, just a day after that clip you just heard where Schumer is touting the bipartisanship, by Monday he was saying this. A giant, giant corporate bailout fund with no accountability. You wouldn't even know what the loans were made until six months later. What we have seen is a cutback in what we asked for. Hospitals, doctors, nurses, masks, equipment. We need more money than the Republican majority proposed. What we have seen is no money for state and local governments. They're going broke. They have huge, huge new expenses. We need to make those better. So on Sunday, it was a bipartisan effort. Everything was going swimmingly. Had five working groups. And by the next day, right after Nancy Pelosi shows up with her her opportunistic um, power grab. You got Schumer going uh, forward and saying, oh, none of it was any any good to begin with. It's really quite amazing. This is a clip of Ted Cruz responding on the floor of the Senate to what the um, Democrats were up to. The famed quote from Rahm Emanuel, President Obama's chief of staff, never let a good crisis go to waste. Sadly, we're seeing the embodiment of that cynical approach right now. Because all the people out of jobs the Democrats are using to push, what are they pushing for? Changing the emission standards on airplanes. Mr. President, what the hell do the emission standards on airplanes have to do with thousands of people dying and millions of people out of work in the coronavirus epidemic? Don't treat this bill like a partisan Christmas list. And by the way, you know, Republicans, we've got things we would like to advance to. Things I believe in deeply. You want to talk about what I'd like to do? I'd like to abolish the IRS. I've campaigned on that all over the country. I'm going to continue fighting for that. But, Mr. President, I'm not standing here with an amendment saying, as part of this emergency relief, let's abolish the IRS. There's a place for that political and policy discussion. The Democrats are pushing wind and solar tax credits. Mr. President, what in the hell does a windmill 
have to do with this crisis? Other than there's some Democratic lobbyists getting fat and rich. And they're willing to extort a crisis to try to advance their political agenda. Mandates on corporate board diversity. So these are Democrats that want a social engineer. Now listen, I actually have a lot of problems with corporate boards. I think we have far too many corporate boards that are docile and do what management wants. That's a serious problem. So it's just unbelievable. I mean, you you would think that at some point, American voters would get so fed up with this cynical party that they would turn them out of power for a lifetime. But they have have mastered this art of promising people uh, anything they want. There is no promise they will not make. There is no uh, action that is too cynical for them to take in in order to achieve their, their agenda. So Nancy Pelosi comes back into town. You had about a 500-page bill that was designed to help workers and their employers. The Democrats like to call them big business. Yeah, some of the businesses are big, but those big businesses can go under as well. This bill that was produced in the uh, Senate that they are now rejecting uh, gave them interest-free loans if they would keep their workers on the payroll through this crisis. That's how you address this. You don't put everybody out of out of work and onto the uh, welfare rolls and the unemployment lines. You keep their jobs alive so that they can make it through this. This is going to be a relatively short-term crisis. It'll probably take us into a couple of weeks into summer. But Nancy Pelosi, in response, she produced this 1,400-page bill loaded up with pork. Diversity officers for any company that takes the money. That's so that they can get their their um, consultants, their diversity consultants, like Jesse Jackson and Al Sharpton and all of these others. They require that uh, companies that take the money uh, load up their uh, governing boards with racial quotas and and report how much they're spending to diversify their workforce. It, diversity, the word diversity is mentioned in this bill 67, 60 separate times. This bill has 300, Nancy Pelosi's bill has $300 million for viral research and science. But it's not enough for they to do that. They have to have affirmative action and a certain number of the scientists that are employed have to fit in their different identity groups. And maybe one of the most cynical power grabs by the Democrats is they try to uh, enact the vote harvesting schemes that they used in Orange County, California, enact those vote harvesting schemes nationwide. The bill, the 1,400-page bill, actually has very little to say about the actual coronavirus. But it does load up with Green New Deal by offering incentives for solar panels and windmills and makes mandates on the airlines that they reduce their carbon emission by 2025. In other words, they take their whole fleet and they they basically swap it over to low emissions airplanes. That'd do more damage than taking the money would ever do uh, do to help. One of the things that's really unbelievable that the Democrats put in this bill is protection 
for foreign nationals in the country on work permits, it requires an automatic renewal for foreign nationals in the country on work permits. In other words, we don't have enough problems that are going to come out of this to do, do with unemployment. We have to put foreign nationals in the country uh, working, protect their jobs before protecting the American people. Also, this bill has $300 million for foreign refugee programs. <laughs> it, it, it almost it just blows your mind how insane the Democrats really have become. They've got Obama phones in here. The Democrats are holding this country hostage. They're holding the uh, economy hostage. They're holding the people hostage. They're holding the response to the virus. And you, you can't imagine how much more irresponsible they can be. They're basically holding the country hostage in wartime. Give us our social justice agenda and our environmental agenda and our diversity agenda, or we will kill America. The Democrats themselves have become a virus. They're a virus that is determined to do great damage to this country. And Mitch McConnell, I don't think he's actually got 51 Republicans in the Senate right now because uh, Rand Paul has the coronavirus, and you've got a handful of others, including Mitch, Mitt, uh, Mitt Romney and Rick Scott, that are in quarantine. The, the Constitution says you have to be present during a vote. So he doesn't even have 51 votes in the Senate to, uh, to enact, the, enact the so-called nuclear option where they do away with this ridiculous filibuster. But he needs to he needs to do whatever it takes to get those uh, those Republican members. They need need to do away with this filibuster, push this legislation through and send it over to the House and see if they want to they want to vote against it on the floor of the House. We got to run out to a break. Stick with us. We'll be right back. Are you from California, Illinois, New York, Georgia, or any of the other 39 states that charge state income tax? Does your state claim you owe them any amount of back taxes? Or have you not filed in years? Is your heart pounding because you know they're wrong or you just don't have the money? Don't fight the state income tax board alone. The tax doctor is here to help you. The state is much more aggressive than the IRS in collecting taxes. They have the power to take your home, your car, your driver's and business licenses, even garnish your wages, freeze your bank accounts, and go after your spouse. Solve all your income tax problems permanently and keep more of your hard-earned money. Make this 100% guaranteed risk-free call right now. 800-631-9241. 800-631-9241-800-631-9241. That's 800-631-9241. I don't want to let the Republicans entirely off the hook because it's coming to light now that 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 Senate bill that they were pushing forward did protect one of the Chamber of Commerce's pet projects, and that is to protect 
corporations' uh, ability to offshore American jobs. It basically codified uh, their ability to offshore jobs. You can't imagine a worse provision at this time when people are so insecure in their employment and anxious about their future to be able to provide for their family. You're going to protect a Chamber of Commerce agenda item to be able to uh, offshore American jobs? We, we At some point, we have got to institute term limits. We cannot continue to allow ourselves to be abused and sold out by Washington politicians that, that are in the bag for these corporate lobbyists. Trump made the point at his, uh, his news conference, I've really never seen anything like this. This president and his task force hold two-hour news conferences every day and exhaust all of the questions in the White House briefing room and the most transparent and well-coordinated response to a national crisis I've ever seen. I, I wasn't alive during World War II, but I've seen all of the uh, response to crises up and until including the Vietnam War. I've never seen anything this well-coordinated. Donald Trump is not a great orator. He doesn't uh, explain himself ideally all the time. But he's made quite clear that what he wants to do is to protect employers so they'll have so the employees, the workers that the Democrats claim to care about, will have a job to return to. We have to help the American worker. We have to help the countries from which the American workers, I mean, they came out of these companies. They were doing phenomenally well. You saw where payroll was going way up, where wages were going way, way up. There's never been a time like this. We can't lose those companies. And we want the worker to be happy. And we're being, I think, more generous than anybody's ever been. We want to take care of the worker, but we want to make sure that when we win the war, it's only a question of it's when, not if. When we win the war against the virus, we want to make sure those companies are ready to charge forward, not that they've been disbanded because we were penny-wise and, and dollar-foolish. This is the old tactic that the Democrats use trying to separate employees from their employers by claiming to be pro-worker at the same time enacting policies that destroy their jobs. As I said, Trump is not the most articulate explainer we could hope for. His, all of his policies have been absolutely on point, and he is implementing an America First agenda that we haven't seen. But his former economic advisor, Gary Cohen, I think explained it even better. These are massive, and I mean massive stimulus packages that are designed to allow companies to borrow money, and, and the loans will be forgiven, to keep their employees on the payroll. The people that applied for unemployment last week and that were terminated last week, they were terminated prior to these this legislation existing. Right. Hopefully, once this legislation gets passed, and hopefully it's today or tomorrow, and sooner is better, these people can go back on the books and records of their companies, and they can get their their payroll. They don't have to go on unemployment. What we're trying to do is keep everyone off unemployment, keep them on the books and records of their companies so they can return back to a normalized economy when it exists. I don't know why that would be hard to understand for the American people. You can't protect employees if you don't protect their employers. But the president and many voices around the country are now starting to say we cannot allow this virus to do more 
we, we cannot allow the battle against this virus to do more damage to the country than the actual virus itself. And at some point, um, maybe two or three weeks from now, we are going to have to restart this economy, let the high-risk groups, including elderly and people with compromised immune systems and underlying uh, ailments, uh, protect themselves, and we're going to have to put people back to work. Here's Trump talking about the repercussions of this virus and its response to our economy. Many of the doctors on your team endorse easing the federal government. Not endorsed. We talk together, and I think they're okay with it, and I'm okay with it. But uh, this could be a much bigger problem. This could create a much bigger problem than the problem that you start off with. Now, other nations are going to have to do what they're going to do, but they'll probably do something very similar. But in our case, much more so than anyone else because of the magnitude of our economy, the the tremendous size of what we've built and what we have and the jobs involved. You know, you have 160, almost 160 million jobs in this country now, the most ever by far, by far the most ever, the number of jobs, almost 160 million. So we can't turn that off uh, and uh, think it's going to be wonderful. There'll be tremendous repercussions. There will be a tremendous death from that. Death. You know, you're talking about death. Uh, probably more death from that than anything that we're talking about with respect to the virus. If we continue with these strict guidelines, then if we Economists are looking at projecting if this current state of affairs continues, and they're pr- predicting unemployment rates exceeding 30, maybe even 40%. Those are higher unemployment rates than in the Great Depression. So yeah, the economic danger to this economy um, exceeds, at some point, the actual danger of the virus itself. Now, over at CNN, Fredo, uh, Chris Como, was assailing the president, and he brought on his brother, the mayor of the governor of New York, Andrew Como, to talk about this. He set up the piece uh, trying to prompt his brother to join in his condemnation of the president's uh, you know, consideration of the economy. But Como, surprisingly, has uh, performed well, and this is what he had to say in response. What was your reaction to what the president said about, uh, I'm not looking at months I'm not going to let the elephant jump off the ledge because of a cat or whatever he said. Um, We're looking to open back up. Surprised? Uh, I'm not surprised. Look, the president is very concerned about the economy, right? Uh, The economy was doing well. The economy is now truly suffering. The consequences haven't even been felt yet because not only have you stopped the revenue machine, you've increased the expense machine, okay? So those two things are going to compound each other. So the president is very eager to get back to the economy. Everybody agrees that this is an unsustainable situation. You can't keep spending money and close down the economy. Uh, And the president is eager to get it opened as quickly as possible. I actually have a group that is working on the restart of the economy because I get it too. I mean, this is New York and we're, we're the home of so much of this. So coming up with a plan to restart the economy is very important. So Andrew Como is actually um, behaving like an adult in all of this. He has praised the president and the government response to his state, which is now the epicenter of the coronavirus. It's not as bad as Italy yet, but it's, uh, it's soon becoming so. 
They're predicting um, infection rates in New York City exceeding 50%. The mayor of New York City has done an absolutely awful job in managing this. de Blasio, he and his health um, his health director were out there telling people to go about their business after this coronavirus was making itself known. we got to run out to a break. When we come back, we're going to look at the coronavirus and the possible treatments. This uh, hydroxychloroquine and the z And we'll take a look at Vice President Biden's response to all of this right after these messages. You're going to hear two commercials, and then we'll be right back, right here on Right Now with Jim Dawes on the Mojo 5.0 Radio Network. Stick with us. This episode is sponsored by Schwann's.com. What are you having for dinner tonight? Hmm, good question. Schwann's Home Delivery has a solution for you. Stock up your freezer with high-quality frozen foods like premium meats and sides, delicious ready-made meals, ice cream, and more. No subscriptions, no memberships, just a friendly yellow truck that's been delivering food for almost 70 years. Listeners of this show get a special deal. Get 20% off your first order with code YUM20. Check out schwanns.com backslash yum for details. Between prepping ingredients, setting the table, and planning your tomorrow, sometimes you need an extra hand with dinner. Delta Faucet is here to help. Just ask your connected home device to fill your pasta pot with Delta Faucet Voice IQ technology and fill it with the perfect amount of water. Done. Visit deltafaucet.com slash voice IQ to see how Voice IQ can fill your dog's bowl, wash your hands, and more. And you're back on Right Now with Jim Dawes on the Mojo 5 Radio Network. Your daily journal of news, politics, and culture from an America First perspective. So at the same time we're dealing with this coronavirus, the Democrats are holding up this bill, trying to load it up with pork, and many of the provisions that they have included actually do harm to the coronavirus response, including pursuing their open borders agenda. I've got a clip here. This is the DHS secretary, Chad Wolf, talking about uh, the the need to finally, at long last, take control of our borders and make sure that the people coming into this country are not carrying disease. So on Friday, the CDC gave an order to the Department of Homeland Security that said uh, to suspend the entry of any individuals coming uh, into the country without proper documentation. And that's important for a couple of different reasons. One, uh, without that documentation, we see individuals coming into the country without proper identity documents, without travel documents, without medical history. And so it's very hard to make a public health determination on those individuals. They were also very concerned. The CDC was also very concerned about when we take those individuals into custody and we put them in Border Patrol, 
control facilities and our ICE detention facilities, what type of public health concerns and uh, issues that that raises. And so it raises a number uh, of those issues, serious danger to not only other aliens, but certainly the DHS workforce and the American people at large. And so the CDC said we need to suspend that. Uh, so that's what the department has been doing over the last 24 hours. And I would say that it's working. We've seen almost a, a 50% drop in illegal apprehensions, uh, those illegal individuals coming across our borders. You know, it just used to be common sense that we understood that controlling our borders and who comes into this country was a serious public health concern. You know, during the last great immigration wave in the 20s, when uh, Ellis Island was the embarkation point from millions and millions of immigrants from Europe, uh, health screenings were a big part of that. And they would hold people in quarantine that uh, they could not vouch for their, uh, their health. I mean, it was understood. For the last 30 maybe even 40 years, we've had a border, people just walking into this country and setting up house without knowing their health background or having any health screenings or even, you know, uh, testing them for tuberculosis or uh, just a whole host of other highly communicable diseases, much less, you know, knowing uh, what their intentions were here, whether they were coming in to set up um, a gang activity or, uh, drug distribution. And I'm hoping that as a result of this crisis, it's going to raise awareness and the consciousness of the American public, including these social justice warriors, how critical it is that we secure our borders. And I'm really concerned about the lasting effects of all of this. It's, it's really starting to come into sharp relief. Now what all of this is doing uh, to the country this country is in a very fragile state. We're, we're completely divided politically, almost 50-50 with, um, you know, this anti-Trump hashtag resistance movement refusing to recognize the legitimacy and the authority of the president that, uh, that the 2016 election elected. And it really, you know, when you, when you, think deeply into it this gives a roadmap to our enemies if this country can be so destabilized and our economy can have so much damage done to it by the uh, introduction of a a virus that came from a a region in china that represents just a tiny part of the giant chinese landmass, where the chinese germ warfare laboratory is located And our response can be this polarized and disjointed as far as our elected officials, then, then you've got a roadmap for how to take down to this country. Mitch McConnell and the Republicans in the Senate for their part showed unity when the uh, house passed a bill, they quickly um, put aside differences and voted for that bill and passed it. But Nancy Pelosi's not, not going to let this opportunity pass. And she is, uh, she's going to try to seize this crisis to advance the Democrat agenda. I mentioned there that uh, uh, Governor Como, Andrew Como of New York, where the epicenter of the virus is uh, based in this country, has been behaving himself as an adult in the room. 
And uh, he he had something interesting to say about how New York City, under the leadership of Bill de Blasio, the Marxist, is conducting its affairs. I was in New York City yesterday. It was a pretty day. Uh, There is a density level in New York City that is wholly inappropriate. You would think there was nothing going on in parts of New York City. You would think it was just a bright, sunny Saturday. Uh, I don't know what I'm saying that people don't get. I don't know what they're not understanding. This is not life as usual. None of this is life as usual. I was in these parks. It, you would not, you would not know that anything was going on. This is just a mistake. It's a mistake. It's insensitive. It's arrogant. It's self-destructive. It's disrespectful to other people. And it has to stop, and it has to stop now. Let me make this clear. I am no fan of Andrew Cuomo. He um, he is all about the Democrats' agenda, but at least he has sense enough that in this trying times, a state of emergency, especially in New York, that you have to set political differences aside, put your agenda on hold and address the crisis. And Bill de Blasio has a lot of answering to do. You know, his top health officials in that city told people, uh, along with Bill de Blasio himself to mostly go about their daily lives to don't miss these, uh, these, uh, festivals that were going on in the city, urge them to go out in the streets. And now we see that the infection rate in New York city is five times, five times that of other cities. It's very similar to what happened in Italy. The dynamics of the outbreak in Italy, we don't know why, they are suffering so terribly, but there's a possibility, and, and many of us believe, that early on, they did not shut out as well the input of infections that originated in China and came to different parts of the world. One of the things that we did very early and very aggressively, the president you know, was put the travel restriction mm-hmm. coming from, from uh, China to the United States and most recently from Europe to the United States because Europe is really the new China. So the administration has been trying to mobilize this response, and we're doing it in the American way. We're not doing it in the way that the Democrats and their Marxist ideology would have it. They they wouldn't have you believe that this thing can be managed at the federal government level and that the, the federal government can be the savior for the entire uh, nation. That is not the case. That is not a successful model. All we have to do is look at the old Soviet Union The American people would not put up with the type of oppressive responses that we saw in China, where they're dragging people from their homes and streets, throwing them into quarantine. But the president has been mobilizing uh, the state and local governments under our model of federalism and supporting them from the federal level. And most importantly, he's turned to the innovative and uh, nimble private sector to respond to this crisis and the private sector in this country has stepped up opening formerly shuttered factories to 
uh, start manufacturing hydroxychloroquine and the Z packs and, uh, and, and increasing mask and ventilator production, all of these things were allowed to be offshored. There was no reason for us to be in the position at the mercy of China, who has vowed to, uh, to bury us and displace us on the world stage. Here's Trump touting the private sector response. There's been a clear call to action to the private sector, and the call is made right here. It's been really pretty amazing what's happened with the private sector. They are really in uh, sixth gear, I think, which has responded in full force, helping to produce and supply much-needed masks, swabs, sanitizers, ventilators, and everything else. There's, uh, There's a move on that's incredible right now. And by way of example, Hanes, everybody knows Hanes, great company, great consumer cotton products company, is retrofitting its manufacturing capabilities in large sections of their plants to produce masks. And they're in that process right now. And in my direction, the FDA has taken rapid steps to make these items available for medical use right now. No, I think by any standard, this administration's response to this crisis has been very effective, very uh, coherent. He's trying to protect and limit the outbreak of the virus while at the same time um, protecting the economy so that uh, we will have a country that will be able to survive this. The Democrats are in full-time, 24-7 resistance mode they criticize everything the president does and including touting this uh, this possible uh therapeutic hydroxychloroquine and and this uh this tandem drug they call the z-pack before we get on to that i do want to uh, bring you the, uh, uh, just one more clip from the president where he's got an uplifting message that i think uh the nation needed to hear So we say stay at home and save lives. There's a time of shared national sacrifice, but it's also a time to treasure our loved ones and to take stock of what is most important, our faith, our families, our neighbors, and our great country. And I want to thank all of uh, the incredible people of our country, the citizens of our country, that uh, what you've done and the way you're uh, responding has just been... Uh, very special, uh, something that we will never forget, that the history books will never forget. And we're going to have a great victory. We're going to be celebrating a great victory in the not-too-distant future. And I just want to thank everybody. And now We're going to run out to a break. And when we come back, we're going to take a look at uh, what Sleepy Joe Biden's up to right after these messages on Right Now with Jim Dawes. If you are trying to quit drinking or doing too many drugs, listen to me. You don't know me and we'll never meet. I had a problem like you once. I drank and used to party a little too much till it got out of control and almost ruined my life. I realized I needed help to fix my problem before it totally destroyed me. If you've tried to fix your drinking and drug problem and you know you can't do it alone, you need to call the National Treatment Advisors. 
They'll immerse you into a 30-day program to replace your old habits with new habits and totally change your life. And if you have PPO, private health insurance, the entire program may be covered. Fix your problem right now before it gets any worse. Get clean. Call now and learn more. 800 957 6209. 957 6209. That's 800 957 6209. Hey, I want to remind you real quick to run on over to America First Radio.shop. That's America First Radio.shop and get your banana bag oral solutions that will prevent you from if you get sick from becoming dehydrated and uh, if you do become dehydrated uh, address that problem without landing your, yourself in a hospital where you don't want to be under these circumstances this uh, this product is loaded up with B vitamins and C vitamins des- designed to replenish your immune system and rehydrate you if you become sick or you have underlying medical conditions or you overdo it uh, working out or at on the job also, over there at AmericaFirstRadio.shop, you can find uh, a couple of T-shirts that I put up there. One is Failing to Prep is Prepping to Fail, and the other is A Country Boy Can Survive. you got same-day free shipping. Go there now and order your products at AmericaFirstRadio.shop. So Joe Biden sort of fell off the radar for a full week as he retreated from the campaign trail and holed up in his, uh, his uh, Maryland mansion. And he was telling us for the longest time that he was going to put forward a so-called shadow coronavirus briefing to to show how he would handle this crisis if he were president right now. Again, totally inappropriate, totally destructive to this effort. We have one president at a time and having Joe Biden out there hold up in his house, his mansion, second guessing the president every day is is well, you just couldn't come up with anything more destructive. His excuse for disappearing for a week is said he, he was he was installing the the production facilities in his home and his home doesn't have high ceilings so he was having challenges with the lighting. <laughs> you know this was after his disastrous uh, virtual town hall where he just uh, just made a hash of it. And his so-called coronavirus press briefing that was delayed for an hour while they tried to chase down a hum and a microphone. We're told that this is the guy to handle the government's response to coronavirus. He can't even manage a uh, a live stream, something any 16-year-old kid can pull off in a couple of minutes. But he had his first one of these briefings yesterday. And it was, just like all the others, uh, something that demonstrated that Joe Biden has uh, lost a great deal of mental acuity. He is very low energy, and he was relying on his script. Now, you got to keep in mind, this guy's been holed up for a week studying this issue, coming up to speed. They finally get around to putting him on video, and he can't remember what he's supposed to say next when his, when his uh, teleprompter glitches. And uh, and in addition to that, uh, in addition to that, we have to uh, make sure that we uh, we are in a position that we are. Well, let me let me go to the second thing. I've spoken enough of it. Oh, man. This is the guy that they're going to put to work 
16, 18 hours a day, seven days a week. He's had a whole month to recuperate and get up to speed. And that's the level of energy and comprehension he brings to this issue. And I'll just remind you, this is the same Joe Biden that was out there on the campaign trail just just a couple of weeks ago saying things like this. I mean, among Democrats, has he lost a step? Look, tomorrow's Superstar Tuesday, and I want to thank you all. 150 million people have been killed since 2007. It would put 720 million back, million women back in the workforce. My name's Joe Biden. I'm a Democratic candidate for the United States Senate. What's not to like about Vermont in terms of the beauty of it? And what a neat town. Think about it. We hold these truths to be self-evident. All men and women created by the, go, you know the, you know the thing. <laughs> created by their creator. Go, you know the thing. I don't think they're going to be able to nominate Joe Biden to be uh, the Democrat presidential candidate. I don't see how they do that. I mean, by the time this uh, this not this uh, convention comes around, if they are even able to hold it, Joe Biden will have so thoroughly discredited himself that he won't have any of the uh, the confidence of the American people. I noticed where Chuck Schumer was out there claiming that Donald Trump's uh, that this coronavirus package was designed to save Donald Trump's hotels. He called it a slush fund. To, to rescue Donald Trump's hotels. And you really just can't get any more low than that. Yes, this response rescues airlines and cruise ships and small businesses and hotels. And he's basically saying that uh, Trump should be punished because he's president and his business should be disadvantaged while we try to save this broader economy. Everybody knew Donald Trump was a... Uh, an, a, a businessman. Why would it be necessary for us to allow his hotels to fail while saving all of the other hotel and motel chains? I'll tell you why, because there's no depth to which Chuck Schumer will not sink in order to politicize this crisis. So I want to talk a little bit about this uh, hydroxychloroquine uh, excuse me, I had to cough. And the Z packs, a uh, um, a tandem uh, treatment for coronavirus that has showed great promise in in double blind studies held in France and other countries. And the president wants to try it here. And as a matter of fact, uh, uh, clinical trials begin today in New York. He has been absolutely assailed in the media for holding out hope because you've got uh, Andrew Fauci who is um, with HHS claiming that, uh, you know, it's just anecdotal information that shows that this is successful, and that's entirely not true. Now, I, I like Dr. Fauci. He seems to be right on many fronts, but he is a, a, a very careful and cautious bureaucrat whose first and foremost instinct is to cover his butt. This is not a time for that. This is a time for bold initiatives and this chloroquine seems very promising when used with these z-packs there was a new york doctor his name is vladimir zelenko that found a hundred percent success rate and 350 patients 
using this uh, this tandem treatment. I've got a clip here. Uh, this was from Laura Ingram's show on Fox, where she was speaking to a, a former coronavirus patient that had been administered this treatment. I just took uh, my last dose about an hour ago. And how are you feeling right now? I feel fantastic, and I have since uh, I woke up on Saturday morning. Uh, it's, uh, I, I know it sounds unbelievable. Um, people are questioning me about it, but I know what I feel. I woke up at 4.45 in the morning, and it felt like I had nothing. And I had to catch myself for a second and say, wait a minute, I'm breathing. This something's this is not normal. And I realized I didn't have my fever anymore. So I hit the nurse call button at 4.45 and um, said, I'm, I'm fine. Can you send a, a nurse in? I feel a little hungry. <laughs> um, the nurse came in, took, took my vitals, and yeah. sure enough, my fever was gone. That was not able yeah. to be broken for nine days, and then it was gone at wow. four forty-five in the morning. My um, only thing I had was I had a headache, and, and uh, you know that lasted a couple days. Um, but all of their symptoms were completely gone. Uh, my vitals were, uh, were where they should be. Now, if you tune over to CNN, you would think that uh, hydroxychloroquine was a deadly substance. Because it will kill you if you take a, uh, a more than the recommended dosage. But they're, they're basically bringing experts on to just uh, rip this therapeutic. And what they're doing is a quick little sleight of hand. They're talking about chloroquine. They're not talking about hydrochloroquine or the combination of the hydrochloroquine and the z packs. Uh, I can't remember the name of uh, that the Z stands for. Uh, Zeph, I can't remember it. But um, NBC News and The Hill Magazine are both uh, out with big headlines that a man died after taking chloroquine. They call it a malaria medication. And, uh, and as if to show that the president is wrong, you have to go all the way down into the meat of the story on the hill to find out that the chloroquine that this guy took was actually a uh, an aquarium cleaner. It was a cleaner for koi ponds. So yeah, if you take the stuff at a, a, a non-medical strength that was designed and had all of these other ingredients in it to clean aquariums, yeah, you'll probably die. That doesn't make the president wrong. Here's a clip. Peter Holtz of the Texas Children's Hospital Center for Vaccine Development saying that the development of chloroquine is, in fact, very promising. So my take is I'm aligned with the vice president. Uh, look, chloroquine's got a lot going for it. it. It kills the virus in the test tube. It suppresses inflammation. We know inflammation in the lungs is a huge reason why people get very sick and die uh, from this virus. And we have some clinical studies uh, conducted in France and China. The reason why both the vice president and I are not popping the champagne cork is because we've kind of been down this path before with influenza. Uh, hydroxychloroquine shows 
showed some promise of chloroquine against uh, the influenza virus and the test tube, but it didn't quite pan out. But look, we have every reason to be optimistic. We have to remember hydroxychloroquine is just one of several new therapies that are rapidly being accelerated uh, into the clinic. I told you last week that you're about to see the full power of American science brought to bear on this problem. And, and, and here's, here, here's an example of it, hydroxychloroquine. But we have other things coming down the pike as well. We have a new antibody therapy, which I think will be announced later this week, uh, possibly by the FDA, uh, which I even have higher uh, expectations for than even hydroxychloroquine, because we know it worked with the previous SARS virus back in 2003. So that's going to be rolled out. You're going to see a number of new therapies moving forward. Uh, some of them repurpose old drugs applying to this. So we've got some of the most brilliant scientists and uh, excellent healthcare. care uh, research facilities in the world in this country, and they are mobilizing around this effort at the same time the Democrats are trying to claim that they are, um, you know, evil pharmaceutical companies. So I watched this movie, The Hunt, last night. If, if you're not familiar with that, that was the movie that was set to release last year that showed uh, so-called elites, these coastal elites, hunting deplorables. And uh, they put the release of the movie on hold for about six months, and now they're out with it uh, just in time for the election season during the height of this coronavirus. And I'm not going to tell you, uh, I'm not going to, it's not a spoiler alert, because I'm not going to tell you anything about how this plot uh, changes, but I can tell you that the original reaction that this was some type of anti-Trump, anti-MAGA movie, uh, it could not be further from the truth. The good guys, or in this case, the good gal in this movie is, is in fact one of these so-called deplorables. They call them rednecks. And at one point in the movie, uh, one of these coastal elites, corporate big wigs said they're not people, but by and large, and I, I, I encourage you to watch the movie. I do not encourage you to pay $20 like they're trying to charge for it online. We've got a, a couple of millennials that uh, we've got back home, and they uh, they had access to the movie. I don't know exactly how, <laughs> but we watched it. Uh, and by and large, this movie is a satire. And uh, yes, it does poke fun uh, or ridicule, I should say, um, conspiracy theorists. I think that one of the characters in there is meant to reflect Alex Jones, but more than anything else, it skewers this so-called woke culture and just makes these, these elites that are hunting the uh, everyday citizens that they consider deplorable, uh, it just makes them look foolish and idiotic. I enjoyed it. It's a light film. I guess you'd have to classify it as a B-movie, but the lead character in it is absolutely fabulous and uh it was really entertaining so if you get a chance to see it don't pay 20 bucks but uh get this uh take your opportunity as soon as you can without paying that much well that's it for today's show i want to thank you for joining us and invite you back here again tomorrow on the mojo 50 radio network for another edition we'll talk to you then When the weather outside is frightful, the Hyundai Santa Fe is, hmm, what's the word? Delightful. Because it's got available H-Track all-wheel drive to make being out together better. 
Enter for your chance to win the newly redesigned Santa Fe, packed with all the jingle bells and whistles you need to go dashing through the snow together. To enter, visit Amazon.com slash Hyundai or scan the QR code on specially marked red and green Amazon boxes. No purchase necessary. Call 562-314-4603 for complete details. Whether you host a nightly dinner party for two or five, keeping your eating and dining area clean helps keep your mind on the dinner party and not on the cleanup afterwards. Viva paper towels clean like cloth, trapping splatters and sauces that could become countertop stains or stuck-on messes, and they're two times more durable when wet compared to the leading value brand. For an exceptional cloth-like paper towel, there's Viva. Visit vivatowels.com to soak up the clean feeling of home.